Hello and welcome back to the Modern Detailer Podcast. This is episode two and I'm Ryan Wachtel. Today we'll be talking about IDA certification at the Mobile Tech Expo, some new arrivals to the CarPro US site, some of my favorite Dr. Beasley's products, lease swapping, and I'll guide you towards some IDA resources that I think are worth checking out. So first, uh, just a reminder that the Mobile Tech Expo is coming up um, towards the end of this week, this weekend, and the IDA has a certification event for Phase 1 and Phase 2, and this is Friday, January 31st for the Phase 1, and February 1st for, um, for Phase 2. It does look like the phase two is, uh, those sessions are full. There is a wait list, but there is still room for the phase one. So phase one of the IDA certification is what is called the CD or certified detailer. And then phase two is SV or skills verified. So the first step is generally that you would do your phase one certification, which is a series of 10 exams that you take. And once you pass those exams, you are awarded that phase one certification. So phase two is the skills verified where you're doing a hands-on assessment. And what's nice about these events is that you get to do some of the, the training and the exam kind of all bundled in one. Um, and that, that tends to make things uh, a little easier and saves you some time. The cost for Phase 1 CD certification is 200 for IDA members, 400 for non-members. The Phase 2 Skills Verified is also 200 for members and 400 for non-members. And if, if you bundle them together... Um, looking on the website here, it has uh, phase one and two for the skills verified. Um, I'm sorry, for the certified detailer, skills verified. They have that bundled at 350 for members and 700 for non members. All right, moving on. CarPro-US.com. That's the website for Sky's the Limit Car Care. I'm really excited because they're now offering two of my favorite brands, um, two of the brands that I use quite extensively at our detail shop that we run here, um, Detail Therapy. They've added Dr. Beasley's to their lineup. It's a small set of the Dr. Beasley's products, but what they chose is some of the products that really make Dr. Beasley's unique. And that's their matte paint products and the products for microsuede. So they're now offering the Dr. Beasley's matte decon, matte body wash, microsuede protection, microsuede spot remover, and the microsuede cleanser. Um, in addition to those products, I wanted to mention a few of my other favorite Dr. Beasley's products that I. I've been turning to you on a regular basis in the shop. 
And those are Class Serum Pro, which is my preferred choice for windshield or windscreen protection. Nano Resin Pro, which is just a fantastic permanent ceramic coating. Glass IQ, which works really well for cleaning windows and then leaving behind months of protection. I think that Glass IQ with the Glass Serum Pro is, is a real nice combo in terms of protection and, and maintenance. And Glass IQ is also a zero VOC formula. And then the two other ones are the Premium Degreaser and Total Decon. So Premium Degreaser, I really like because I, I've been using this a lot on like rocker panels and around on the wheels and, and around the wheels because it does a really good job at getting at the road tar and other kind of gummy petrol-based compounds that can end up on the, the bottom of the car. And then Total Decon for um, its ability to do some chemical decontamination of the paint, but without the that strong harshness that you often find in other um, iron removers. Um, the, the Total Decon works really nice for doing some chemical decontamination before you would go to um, do like a mechanical decontamination where you're using clay or other um, clay-like products like clay pads, um, clay mitts. And the next thing I've been thinking about recently is lease swapping. Uh, this is something I've been dabbling in over the last the last few years. I wanted to go over some of the best brands to do lease swapping with. Now, I won't get into the details around whether or not you should buy or lease, and we can have those discussions another time. And I'm also not going to gear this towards um, what cars it makes the most financial sense to lease, that is, you know, which which brands have the the lowest amount of depreciation, which is going to make them good candidates for leasing because uh, in the simplest terms, when you're leasing a vehicle, you are essentially paying the difference between the value that you, or um, the difference between the purchase price of the, the vehicle and the residual value of the vehicle as projected to be at the, the end of your lease term. So for a 36 month lease, you agree to purchase a vehicle for um, X amount of dollars. It's predetermined that the vehicle will have a residual value of Y dollars at the end of those 36 months. And then your monthly payments on that lease is the difference of X minus Y spread out equally over those um, 36 months. Now, there's some other charges that can that come into play there, like the the money factor, which is um, kind of akin to a um, you know, a finance APR rate, but um, but but it's handled a little bit differently. 
And there can be like a origination, lease origination fees and stuff. So that all gets bundled into there too. But in its most basic terms, you know, the the monthly payments are the price that you agree to purchase the car for minus the residual value at the end of your lease term. So one of the sites that I have used in the past to facilitate this lease swapping is swapalease.com. The first car I listed on here was my 2014 Buick Regal GS. That car I leased in the I think the end of 2014. I drove it for a year and then I listed it on Swapalease. And after that, I took over a lease on a 2015 BMW i3. That one was, I believe that car was in Pennsylvania. So I had it shipped from Pennsylvania to Wisconsin. Normally, a lease on an i3 at this time would be somewhere in the $400 per month ballpark. And I think I was, when I took over this lease, I think, I think the payments were at, actually, let me see here, um, $164.78 is how much I was paying per month for that. So yes, I, I spent maybe eight, around $800, I think, to, sh- to ship it across, halfway across the country. Um, but then those monthly payments were at 164 and I think after having that car for a little under a year, then actually less than a year, maybe it was eight months, we were coming up onto winter and th- this was like our uh, a third car that we had. Coming up into winter, I realized that the tires um, were, were going to need to be replaced. I was looking at having to put in about $800 for some new tires and the lease on the car. I think that there may have been, I think originally it was a three year lease. I think the party that I took over the lease from, I think they had it for about a year and then I had it for a little under a year and then there's probably about a year left on it. So what we ended up doing was, we decided that rather than get new tires, we would just get rid of that car because, um, like I said, it was it was a third car for us, and and we we had it for a little while and had our fun with it. It was a really neat car to um, to have. So I listed that back on Swapalease, and someone took over the lease from Michigan, and they had someone uh, pick up the car and have it shipped and uh, trailered over to Michigan. So that particular BMW, that 2015 BMW i3, went through three different lease owners over its 36-month lease. After that, I listed... Let's see. So when I got rid of the 2014 Buick Regal GS... After that, I did a factory order on a 2016 BMW X3. I drove that X3 for about two years and listed it 
on Swap Elise. I had a few people that were interested in taking the lease over, but they ended up falling through. And in the end, I actually ended up trading that car in on what I currently have am driving now is the 2017 Volkswagen CC. So I, th- I think in terms of leasing, there's a lot of misconceptions about you know the leasing versus buying. And I, I know I said I wasn't going to get into this, but I guess I'm going there anyway. Leasing is just another way to finance a vehicle. What I like about leasing is that it provides a lot of flexibility, particularly as it relates to exiting the vehicle within your first couple years of ownership. When you buy a car, when you do traditional financing, you're you're in a position during the first two years or so where the car is depreciating rapidly. So I should say the the rate of depreciation is rather steep during those first two years. So the sooner after you acquire that vehicle, the the sooner you want to get out of it or get into something new, you're going to risk taking a bigger hit in terms of um, what you can recoup in terms of value from the vehicle when you get rid of it because because you're up against that that depreciation. What I like about lease swapping is it allows you to get into and out of vehicles with relative ease and without a lot of risk. All right, so I've been talking about lease swapping. What do I mean when I'm when I'm talking about that? I'm talking about taking over taking over the obligations of a lease contract. So you're assuming a lease. Sort of like if uh, you know, as with any contract, let's say I take out a contract to do X with Y terms, and you came to me and said, Hey, I like that contract. Can I have it? And I could basically just sign it over to you, and you would now have those same terms. I would be released of those of that contract and you would now assume the responsibilities of that contract. There's a few other things that come into the that whole lease assumption process. Some manufacturers are going to charge an application fee that can be in the um, $100, $200 or so. And then there's also can be a, a fee for actually transferring the lease to a new party. And that can be generally, I see those around like $400. So for the person transferring the lease out, the person who wants to get out of their lease, the main advantage there is that you're able to get out of the current lease contract you're in and move into something more desirable, whether you need a, a larger vehicle, you need a smaller vehicle than you currently have, you want to drive a, a new car every year, or if you just need to get rid of your car, period. 
leases and the lease transfer process help facilitate that. On the other end, if you're assuming a lease, if you're taking over someone's lease, there's some big financial benefits. Oftentimes, when someone takes out a lease, just as they do when they purchase a car, they put some money down in the form of a a down payment. And these down payments, I've seen range anywhere from $1,500 all the way up to $7,500, which was the case with the 2015 BMW i3 lease that I took over. The original lessee put down about $7,500 towards that lease, which brought the monthly payments down to um, the one sixty four seventy eight. That, along with the federal tax credit of $7,500, um, yeah, $7,500, I believe. So in total, between the federal tax credit and the money down that the original lessee put, that was about $15,000 taken off of the purchase price of the car, which brought the difference between the purchase price and the residual, kind of bridged that gap. It brought made that gap a lot smaller, which brought those monthly payments spread out over 36 months to just a little over $150 a month. So by taking over someone's lease, you are essentially getting that money that they put down as the deposit. Oftentimes they will also, the original lessee will also purchase tire and wheel insurance packages where if you you know, if you damage a wheel or a tire, that that's covered then and replaced. They may also purchase ex- um, like extended wear and tear protection. So if you do any damage to the vehicle that would be considered excessive wear and tear, that would normally come with some penalties when you turn in the car. Um, those fees are waived because they, they purchase that additional protection. And the other thing is you don't have to go into a dealership to do any type of negotiation. Now, you, you do kind of, have, you, you want to look at the, you know, the lease you're assuming and and see if it makes sense for you to take over that contract. You, you don't want to take, take one over where someone just agreed to, agreed at, to pay the purchase price at the, the MSRP didn't do any negotiation negotiating on that purchase price because you absolutely can and should negotiate the purchase price of a car when you're leasing. So you want to check that out and make sure that they have, you know, that they didn't pay too much for the car to begin with. So look for someone that's negotiated a good discount on the purchase price of the vehicle, someone that's put some money down when they lease the vehicle, and you're going to find that you can get into a lease that has, um, you know, two years, a year, two and a half years left on it where you have uh, minimal upfront investment. You, you, they may ask you to pay um, like that $400 lease transfer. So you put in $400 to transfer the lease. And then if it's someone local, you can pick up the vehicle. 
if the vehicle is not near you, you can pay to have it shipped. So factor that into into all the, the costs. And then at the end of the lease, if you do not plan on keeping the vehicle, you would just bring that vehicle back to the, um, if it's BMW, bring it into your local BMW dealership. And if you're not buying another one, if you're not leasing another BMW or buying another BMW, there is a lease disposition fee. Those usually run around between like three, $400 as well. So that's one more thing to consider. If you're a year or two into your a 36-month lease and you want to get rid of that lease, if you want someone to take it over, that's also getting your, um, you're getting out of the, having to bring the car back and, and pay that disposition fee as well. So there, there, I guess there, you know, there's a lot to consider, but overall, when you consider the flexibility of getting into and out of the lease and the financial advantages that taking over someone else's lease has, I think it's just a, I think it's a really nice tool that you should consider if you, um, you know, if you like to get, get in in and out of different vehicles often. So what I'm getting to is there's a handful of brands that lend themselves to leasing more than some others. The big factor when it comes to lease swapping is the transferability of the lease contract. I divide up the transferability into three different groups. Fully transferable, partially transferable, and not transferable. So not transferable is self-explanatory. These cars, um, I should say these brands, are not going to allow you to transfer that lease. And I, I shouldn't really say brand because it is really more about the the leasing company, the financing company. Oftentimes these are tied to the brands, you know, like BMW and BMW Financial Services. So oftentimes they kind of go hand in hand. But uh, for example, with the the Buick Regal that at least that was through Ally Financial. So that is a little bit of a different case, but I'm just going to refer to these as the brands that lend themselves to lease swapping because of their because of how things run with the where you would do the the leasing. So not transferable. These are going to be brands like Acura, Chrysler, Dodge, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Kia, Land Rover, Maserati, Mazda, Mitsubishi, Subaru, and Volvo. So if you're going to lease one of those, know that you don't have quite the flexibility that you would with some others. Now, it still allows you to you know, get into a brand new car, drive it for two, three years, turn in that lease and get a new one. If, if you're fi- okay with that, um, that's great. Partially transferable. These are going to be mostly like the the uh, Volkswagen Audi group. So Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, Bentley, and then Infiniti and Nissan. So partially transferable 
they're going to allow you to transfer that lease to another party, but they most likely will still hold you responsible for the lease. So it's kind of like now you've got two parties on a lease. It's almost like a um, like a loan co-signing situation. I'd advise you to just stay away from that. If you if you can't transfer that lease 100% to the other party and relieve yourself of the obligation, then in my view, that's just it's kind of you know you're just looking for problems there. So which brands are suited best for lease swapping? So both yourself leasing them and allowing for easy exit or ones that you could go on to marketplaces like swap a lease, assume those leases and take advantage of some of the things I talked about for where before where someone has already negotiated down a purchase price, they put money down and you can kind of swoop in and get the car for its, you know, the last two years or the last 24 months of a 36 month lease and take advantage of those those lower monthly payments without having to to put put much into it up front. Those brands are BMW, Buick, Chevy, Ford, GMC, Lexus, Lincoln, Mercedes-Benz, Mini, Tesla, and Toyota. So, by far some of the most popular cars I see on Swapolis in the luxury brand category are, are the uh, the BMWs and the Mercedes-Benz. In my view, those two brands are probably going to lend themselves best to you know being able to transfer them out and being able to take them over. Lexus, that may be another good one. I, I just don't have much experience with it, so I'm not sure. Um, my Buick, I was able to to exit that vehicle relatively easily. All right, and to close up today's podcast, I wanted to direct you to some IDA resources. IDA, again, the International Detailing Association. If you go to their website, the-ida.com, in the menu on the top, they have a detailing resources link. Open that page, go down to the bottom, you'll see glossaries and more. There's two pages that I wanted to talk about today. One of them is the Glossary of Detailing Chemicals, and the other is Detailing and the Environment. Now, for anyone who's been detailing for a while or just getting into it, I think just kind of looking over and reviewing these two pages is really helpful because I think it's really important to understand not only the different you know classification and function of the different cleaners and you know, detergents and chemicals that we're using, but to understand their impact on both our own health and on the environment. I think the more that we can take that into consideration, the more we can make advances in sustainable and environmentally friendly detailing practices. So on the chemical glossary page, you have a alphabetized listing of all sorts of different chemical terms everything from abrasives and acids to bleach to caustic, cleanser, combustible, corrosion inhibitor, like really getting an understanding of the different chemicals that you would find in your shop. I think oftentimes we we get used to using products based on, you know, 
the brand and the name, you know, like here's a, a wheel cleaner by brand X, but what is the wheel cleaner really? Is the wheel cleaner an acid? Is the wheel cleaner just surfactants? So on this page, the, the IDA lists, uh, they have a table for different classes of compounds, which include basic alkalis, acids, surfactants, complex phosphates, chelating compounds, and chlorine. So I invite you to head over to the IDA and familiarize yourself more with the different chemicals that you may have in your shop or in your garage. And after that, go over to that environmental page. It's titled Professional Detailing in the Environment. I'll link to them in the podcast notes. And familiarize yourself with the different content around the, the EPA and the Clean Water Act, VOCs, how volatile organic compounds can affect your health. Because I think we could all benefit from practicing and promoting more sustainable detailing practices. All right, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you again next time on the Modern Detailer Podcast. I'm Ryan Wachtel. Have a great day.